0: Hey, family, it's Pastor Travis, and I am so excited about this week's message. Listen, you need to turn up your phone, your car, however you're listening, because it's about to go down. I pray today you are inspired and that your faith is increased. If you want to partner with the awesome vision of Forward City Church, go now to forwardcity.tv give to get involved. Hey, I love you. Remember, your past is gone. Your future is waiting. So prepare to move forward. today and, and a book. Um, it's pretty hard to find. My son is two years old and he knows all of his books of the Bible. So I'm just going to challenge y'all. Learn your books of the Bible. Um, so you, Ain't that embarrassing when, when the pastor say a book of the Bible and you just spending the whole time looking for it? And you're too prideful to go to the table of contents? You want to act like you actually know where Amos is at? You do not know where Amos is at. Come on, Amos. Come on. <laughs> I know you in here. Learn where Amos is at this week. That's your homework. We're going to start in a book that's very difficult to find, the book of Genesis. <laughs> the book of Genesis. Uh, turn there. Genesis uh, is, is broken up in five sections. You have creation. You have Noah you have Abraham, you have Jacob, and you have this guy by the name of Joseph. You should Google uh, um, the similarities between Joseph and Jesus. It's really crazy. They have so much in common. Um, and I love Joseph because Joseph shows us what can happen when you start from the bottom, but now you're here. Joseph shows us how God can take you from the mud and put you on the mountain. Joseph's story is all about come up, and I love the underdog. I love Joseph. Uh, but something interesting happens in Joseph's story that's 14 chapters um, from 37 to 50 about this guy Joseph but something interesting happens in Genesis uh, it's almost like the author for some reason takes a side role in Genesis 38 just out of nowhere comes this soap opera with uh, stars uh, featuring this guy named Judah and this woman named Tamar and, and the story comes out of nowhere and just all of a sudden it's inserted into the Bible it's just inserted into the out of nowhere. It doesn't match the story that we're reading about. We're talking about Joseph, we're talking about the guy who's. Whose coat is stolen. We're talking about the guy who sold into slavery. And all of a sudden, the story is just inserted into the Bible. Before I read one scripture, I just want to encourage about five people and let you know that you're about to sit, you're about to walk into a season where out of nowhere, God's gonna start inserting you into places, uh-oh, that you don't even qualify for. Inserting you into promotions that aren't even on your schedule, houses that are under contracts under other names, God is gonna say, uh-uh. It's your turn. Come here, David. I'm going to bring you from the back of the line and insert you right into the front. When God inserts you, banks bend rules a little bit for you. When God inserts you, resumes don't really matter as much as you think they will. When God inserts you, he leaves people wondering, how did this happen for you suddenly when it took me 20 years to get there? I don't need everybody. Just give me 100 people. I ain't going to be greedy. It's Easter, but I need you to shout at me. I'm about to get inserted. I'm about to get inserted, that's how I got here, because God inserted me, that's why no weapon formed will prosper, because God inserted me, that's why the enemy can't stop me, because God, when God inserts you, places in you what's needed to last, and so because this story is inserted, it shouldn't be overlooked, it shouldn't be skipped, but it should be examined, Because obviously God is trying to tell us something very important. So for this Easter, instead of sharing a message from Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, I felt led today by the Lord himself to share this message that he inserted into Genesis that reveals to us the lineage of our Christ. Genesis 38, verse 27. When the time came for her to give birth, I feel like preaching up in this Baptist church. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. I could really just stop right there. Because God is the God who's going to give you double for your trouble. Twin boys in her womb. As she was giving birth, one of them put out his hand. So the midwife took a scarlet thread and tied it on his wrist and said, this one came out first. But when he drew back his hand, his brother came out and she said, so this is how you have broken out. And he was named Perez. I'm going to preach a message. I'm going to get you out of here because we've got another service. We want to get some more people in here to get saved. But if you can help me preach and give this title to four people around you, just for Tell them you're in my spot. You're in my spot. You're in my spot. You're in my. Excuse me. You're in my spot. Spirit of the living God, breathe on your word like only you can. Without your wind, it's just a lecture. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would take what we've talked about and allow it to be imparted into the hearts of your people. There's power, power, wonder-working power, and the blood of the Lamb. So I pray that over the next few moments, your power will do a transformative work and only you can get the credit from. We will never recover from. And you'll get the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're excited about the word of God, give him a praise on your way down. You're in my spot. I was sitting here last Sunday. Pastor Jimmy Rollins was here preaching for Palm Sunday. And uh, while he was preaching, I was praying. I was like, okay, man, God, what do you want to talk about next week? And literally... In the middle of the sermon, God dropped this phrase in my spirit. I was sitting there. I was trying to take notes from what he was saying and take notes for what God wanted me to say today at the same time. I heard this phrase, you're in my spot. This message is for everyone who's been waiting on a promise from God. Delay is not denial. If he said it, God never puts a word out of his mouth that his arm is too short to back up. And so there are promises that you think are waiting on you. But are actually waiting for you to claim them. So many times we think we're waiting on God, Well God is actually waiting on us to claim what's already ours. A lotto ticket means nothing if you don't claim it. Don't lie to kick it, half of y'all. Some of us still got stuff on layaway from 1998. That's paid for, but you just forgot to reclaim it. Mm. And I want to announce that you're about to reclaim some things that belong to you. Saul was on the throne just warming it up for David to come and take what's his. Shout out, it. you're in my spot. So if someone is in your spot, I need you to catch this. They're only there to prepare it until you come and claim it. The promised land was occupied by God's enemies until Joshua's generation came and claimed it. So I asked the book questions. I said, God, why would you allow someone else to occupy what belongs to me? Why would you allow these enemies to occupy a land that's been promised for generations and generations? He says, Travis, because how else would I have the land flowing and being fruitful? How else would the ground be tilled and tamed and taken care of? You didn't hear what I'm saying. I, I, you got to catch this. If someone is, 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 is in a room or in a spot or in a position or in a building or in a house that belongs to you, maybe God just has them there to prepare the ground. God is a God who lets the enemy do the hard work. Ooh. And I want to just announce to you that we're about to step, you can come with me if you want to, but my wife and I, we're about to step into a dimension of favor, what God allows others to pay for what he's prepared for us. You didn't hear what I just said. And so for those of you who don't know, this building that we're in right now, this miracle building was built over 20 years ago as a Best Buy. What they didn't know, is that they really came through to clear out the land, to lay the cement, because 20 years later, a church was going to come and claim territory that belonged to God already. Can I just prophesy? Two knots belongs to God. Columbia belongs to God. Your neighborhood belongs to God. Your job, your school, it belongs to God, but it's waiting on people of faith to claim what's already been promised. Shout, you're in my spot. And I remember one day, I was walking with a contractor, and I was showing them some property that God had already promised us. You didn't hear what I just said. I was showing them the property, and I said, God already promised this to us. And he started speaking to me in a way that was ministering to my heart. Because he wasn't flustered. He wasn't rattled by what was happening, by the owners but moving slow on the building. He was, none of that moved him. He says, Travis, I've been doing this long enough that I know that if God allows someone else to be in something that belongs to you, they're just maintaining it, watch this, until you're ready for God to release what's already yours. So how do I know that I'm ready? We got three things real quick. I know you're ready when? One, I know you're ready when the vision is clear. Yeah. Woo. The Bible says, write the vision, make it plain. Yeah. I know you're ready when the vision is clear. Oh, here it is. You've been believing God for a house, but do you have a vision for the bedrooms in the house? This ain't my message, and if it was a traditional Sunday, I would take my time right here. But most of the things that God, all of the things that God has supernaturally blessed my wife and I and this church with had a vision. He is a God who gives provision to the vision. It takes faith. It takes some audacity. It takes a little swag to go ahead and write something that you can't afford yet. I just seen Melly Grandma, 97 years old, in the building. Hey, lovely lady. Hey, Grandma, God bless you. Write the vision. 97, you've been here for a minute. It's your 97th Easter? And you look good standing up by yourself, waving. You have seen a lot of presidents. <laughs> the vision has to be clear. I know you're ready when the vision is clear. Number two, I know you're ready when you're faithful with what you already have. Yeah. I'm believing God for a new car, but my current car got French fries in the back. Eyelashes in the cup holder. Why y'all do that women? They look like roaches. Stop leaving your eyelashes laying around I'm Sick of it. Every man in this building is sick. We just be walking around trying to kill stuff. That's your last Sick Of it It's so easy to put them somewhere else you just leave them everywhere just like they're heavy. They're not even heavy. I know you're ready when you're faithful with what you have. The scripture says it like this. Be faithful over a few things. Make you ruler over much. Most of us are focusing on moving to something else rather than maximizing on what we already have. Number three. I know you're ready when the vision is clear. I know you're ready when you're faithful with what you have. Here it is. I know you're ready when you're not afraid to announce it. Why are you the only one who know what God promised you? See, I like announcing stuff because it holds me accountable. I like announcing stuff because it makes the devil nervous. I like speaking those things that are not as though they already were. I like to just walk around and say, yep, we're going to buy this this year. And I like putting a date on it. I don't just put out just these, 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 sometime in my life that's going to happen. No, 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 no. I want to announce that over the next 36 months, I don't know how, but I'm getting a prophet jet. You hating in the back, but God's about to do some things and I ain't going to wait till it show up to speak it. I'm going to let my faith do the work for me. Come on, some of y'all are still stuck in your situation because you've been too quiet about what's coming. Mm. When you activate your faith, James says, faith without works is dead. When I release my words, I put in the atmosphere what I'm believing God for, and somehow it becomes a magnet for the promises of God. I need about 20 people to start announcing some stuff. Walk through your neighborhood and announce it. Walk through the job, you ain't got to be crazy, but just be like, mm. They don't know. This office belonged to me. Thank you for getting it ready. Thank you for cleaning the windows. This office looks good. But I need somebody to make some announcements. By this time next year, God's going to take everything that the enemy meant for evil and turn. I need some people to make an announcement that if God's before me, he's more than the world. I need an announcement. My family will be saved. My children will be I need you to announce, ask for me and my house, uh, announce it, my body is healed already. Thank you doctor for doing your job, but I am healed already. I know you're ready when you announce it. Come on y'all sit down, I ain't even, we're in the intro. But I'm gonna give you 10 seconds because it's Easter to praise God like everything you've been waiting on, it's closer than you think it is. an announcement my praise is an announcement excuse me but when I clap my hands I'm letting God know that I'm expecting something. alright for real sit down somebody in the kneecap and tell them it's on the way baby it's on the way it's on the way it's on the way you about to give up too fast you already waving the white flag if only you, you're closer to the promise than you are to your past it's on the way autumn it's on the way it's on the way it's on the way it's on the way Genesis Somebody just got your faith back. You've been quiet for way too long. Somebody just got your swag back. You've been quiet for way too long. Genesis 38. spend time on social media talking about everybody else's business. Social media is for announcements. (laughs) Oh man. Genesis 38. What if what you've been waiting on has been waiting on you to announce it? Genesis 38. First of all, I was I'm trying to get out of this. I was sharing with somebody this past week. There's not a house. There's not a place that I've lived over the past, man, what, babe, like 13, 14 years? There's not a place over the past 13, 14 years that I've moved in able to afford it. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed what I just said. Y'all missed what I just said. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy. But I'm one of those guys. If God said it was mine. See, y'all ain't ready for this. My wife and I would drive through neighborhoods. You like that? I'd be on Zillow and I'd see them prices. I'd be like, ooh. But God, you own everything. So if it's mine, let me just make an announcement. Let's walk through it and go ahead and touch the doors. This Room belongs to Jace. This room, this is where I'm going to put my closet. This is where I'm going to put my studio. And before I know it, somehow, we're at the closing table. How? Because I announced it. We got to move, but I'm going to give you 12 seconds. Yo, faith works, but you got to say something. This ain't just about superficial things, but I believe we serve a God who wants us to be blessed, man, but we're too quiet, you got to announce it, your silence is proof of you being timid. Elder Ford, I'm trying to get out of here. I'm way off my notes, way off schedule, but I just feel faith rising in the room. Somebody about to get what, But you about to claim what belongs to you. You've been walking around with a winning ticket, but you haven't claimed it yet. You got to make an announcement that what God promised me, he who has begun a good work is faithful to complete it. All right. Genesis 38. And I'm going to walk through this entire chapter. Because I got a lot of stuff to show you. And if y'all act right, we'll get through. Y'all see this restraint right now? Because all I want to do is praise God for what he showed me. Stop, stop, stop. It's them. It's them. I need y'all, can y'all, can y'all get instruments with batteries and just travel with them? (laughs) I need y'all just everywhere I go. (laughs) Praise breaks in the middle of Piggly Wiggly. (sighs) When I, I I ain't got to be in church. When I think about the goodness of Jesus, I could be walking down the dairy aisle and just think about what God... Genesis 38, y'all scaring our visitors, y'all stop, we know how to behave, uh oh, we got a runner, we got a I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Do me a favor. Tell somebody I'm carrying a promise. I'm carrying, I'm carrying, I'm carrying a promise. I'm carrying a promise and maybe this is why God sent me Norman to preach about Judah because his name happens to mean praise are there any praises in the room today All right, let's walk through it. Genesis 38. Y'all just not acting right. Y'all acting like you're grateful for the empty tomb. Genesis 38. Genesis 38. And I'm going to read this part from the ESV. Go ahead, sit sit down. Sit down. The devil messed up. He should have stopped you from getting in that Hyundai and driving yourself to two notch. Y'all, I got to preach, but you got 60 more seconds. If you're going to do it. is 38 verse 1. I'm going to read this from (laughs) the ESV. It happened at that time that Judah went down from his brothers and turned aside to a certain Adulamite whose name was Hira. I like the way the ESV lays it out because it says, you know, you, you just can't read the Bible. You got you to read the Bible. It says that he went down from his brothers. In other words, he, he lowered himself. He, he went down a path that was beneath him. See, when you forget who you are, you'll find yourself going down paths that are beneath you. And not only did it say that he went down, but it said he turned aside. This means he went in a different direction. And he connected with a man named Hira. Now you got to understand the name Hira actually means noble. And so he left the covenant with his family to connect with someone of status. Somehow he was convinced that the grass was greener on the other side. Let me speak to my married man. The grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is greener where it's watered. That's a whole relationship message, but I ain't going to do it. Be careful when you leave the blessings of God searching for something that looks good. So here Judah is distracted. Say that with me, distracted. Not that we're keeping score, but let's but strike one against Judah. Verse 2, there Judah met the daughter of a Canaanite man named Shua. He married her and made love to her. What's interesting is that the Canaanites historically were enemies of the Israelites so much so that Abraham made his servant swear. He said, go find a wife for my son Isaac, but man, do not bring back a Canaanite. And and the next generation, Isaac forbids his son Jacob from marrying a Canaanite. And now here's Judah, the son of Jacob, the great-grandson of Abraham, doing something that he knows is against his family's desire. Why would he marry an enemy? Here's why, because the father of his wife name is Shua and Shua means wealth so not only is Judah distracted but now here he is disingenuous not that we're keeping score or anything but that's strike two against Judah and we're only in verse two verse three she became pregnant and gave birth to a son whose name was Ur she conceived again and gave birth to a son and named him Onan she gave birth to still another son and named him Shelah. It was at Kazip that she gave birth to him. Judah got a wife for her, his firstborn. Her name was Tamar. But her, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord put him to death. Now, we got to understand something. There was a law given that if your brothers died, it was now your responsibility to take his wife his widow and have a baby in the name of your brother but here's the second one on and he said i ain't about to have a raise nobody else kid and so the bible says and i'm not going to read it because i don't you've got some young kids here but it's very explicit the bible is more interesting than hbo and what the Bible says is that only hooks up with Tamar for the benefits, if you catch my drift, but not for production. You gotta be careful. I want to talk to my single ladies, all my single ladies. Who you gotta be careful who connects and hooks up with you just for the benefit. If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. Who connects with you just for the benefits, but not for product. He takes advantage of her and never gives her a child. So verse 10, the Bible says, what he does did was wicked in the Lord's sight, so the Lord put him to death also. Judah then said to his daughter-in-law, Tamar, he said, hey, 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 just just live as a widow and go to your daddy house and then when my youngest one grow up, uh, I'll, I'll let you hook up with him. Watch the Bible. For he thought he may die too, just like his brother's. So Tamar went to live in her father's house. Judah's like, uh, I don't know what this woman got going on. I don't know what special recipe she put on her spaghetti. But every one of my sons I send her way dropped dead. I don't know what kind of voodoo or witchcraft or, or doll. I don't know. You know how you do in the country. You start blaming folks. My family was okay until that girl, came, until that her, until that woman came into our life. And here is Judah. Judah. Has a tendency like many of us To blame everybody else For our dysfunction Oh my God He points a finger at Tamar But surely it can't be his sons And what's interesting is They dying because they are the evil ones So not only is Judah Distracted Not only is Judah Disingenuous But Judah is also delusional Strike three Judah And Judah If this is baseball, you should be out. But for some reason, God decides to include you in the story in spite of you. Because God does not keep score like we keep score aren't you glad about it? Grace means I got what I didn't deserve. It means I got favor that I didn't deserve. I got blessings that I didn't deserve. I got a second chance that I didn't deserve. And I thank God for grace, but I like this word mercy. Because mercy don't just mean that I got what I didn't deserve. Mercy means that I didn't get what I deserved. Oh my God. You're going to look at me in that tone of voice like you were born on a communion table. But it's about ten of us who know we used to drop it like it was all the way high. And if it had not been for the blood of Jesus, aren't you glad you didn't get what you deserve you will be in prison right now you should be six feet under right now you should be burning in a hell right now but for the grace and the mercy of God it looked beyond my faults It saw my knee in verse 12 it says after a long time i Judah's wife, the daughter of Shua, died. His wife died. When Judah had recovered from his grief, got himself together, got a haircut, he went up to Timnah, to the men who were shearing his sheep. And his friend, Hira, the the Adulamite, went with him. Watch this, verse 13. Tell somebody we're about to go there. This is young and restless, about to pop off on Easter it's Easter <laughs> when Tamar was told your father in law is on his way to Timnah to shear his sheep she took off her widow's clothes she said you ain't the only one that can get yourself together man of God Just the Bible she took off her widow's clothes covered herself with a veil and disguised herself and then sat at the entrance of Ni- Enam which is on the road to Timnah. For she saw that though Shalah had now grown up, she had not been given to him as his wife. She said, Judah, you lied to me. Verse 15. When Judah saw her, he thought, he thought, she was a prostitute. For she had covered her face. She just covered her face. He said, that's enough, not realizing, <laughs> not realizing that she was his daughter-in-law. He went over to her by the roadside and said, come now, come, let, let me, let me, let, let me get to know you. I like to know you in a better way. She had the covering on her face. She said, "And what will you give me <laughs> to sleep with you?" He said, "I'll send you a young goat from my flock." They didn't have to have no game back then, boy. You just <laughs> send you a young goat. She said, will you give me something as a pledge until you send it? He said, what pledge should I give you? She said, your seal, its cord, and the staff in your hand. She said, I know my worth. <laughs> so he gave, that's the Bible, don't look at me like that. So he gave, listen, if you read your Bible, you'll be on Netflix list. You didn't even know all this was in here. So he gave them to her and slept with her. She became pregnant by him. After she left, she took off her veil and put on her widow's clothes again. Two things jump out to me real quick. I'm going to show it to you and we're going to roll out. You ready for this? You know you can't just read the Bible. You got to read the Bible. She sat down, verse 14 says, at the entrance of Enam. What you got to understand is that Enam literally means eye opener. So Judah is deceived in the city of vision. Why? Because whenever you're distracted, disingenuous, and delusional, you will be deceived in things that should be clear. Woo. It's impossible to see what's in front of you when your focus is already captured by the wrong things. That's the first thing to jump out to me. Can I give you one other thing to jump out to me? Why... Is Tamar so confident that her father-in-law would roll up on a prostitute? It's easy to read this and look at her like you nasty. But what about you, Judah, Grandpa Judah? I don't know what she read about I don't know what she saw on Facebook I don't know what advertisement had went out but she said I'm only one face covering away from him trying it how was she so confident he seemed like a godly man because whenever you're distracted disingenuous and delusional not only will you be deceived but you'll also become desperate And the Bible says, verse 24, we about to go to work. Three months later, Judah was told, your daughter-in-law, Tamar, is guilty of prostitution. And as a result, she is now pregnant. Uh Judah said, bring her out and have her burned. (laughs) She said, that's cool, but on our way to the fire. Can we stop by the Mari show and just open up the envelope? Judah, you are. The Bible says as she's being brought out, she sent a message to her father-in-law. I am pregnant by the man who owns these. Then she added. This girl was from Hopkins. She had a little swag. She said, she said, see if you recognize who seal, cord, and staff these are. Judah recognized them. He rebuked himself. He said, oh my God, oh my God. She's more righteous than I because I wouldn't give her my son. He never slept with her again. Good job, Judah. When the time came to give birth, twins were in her womb. I want to just announce that whatever's been delayed may be delayed because God wants to give you double. Now I'm going to have to step on the gas, so I want you to keep up. I want you to keep up. Tell your neighbor, buckle up. I got to drop some things on you that God told me. I, have, I literally haven't even started preaching yet, but I got to get you out. So I'm, I'm, we're going to step on the gas. You ready? Here we go. Three ways to claim your spot. Shout out, you're in my spot. The first way you got to claim your spot is by taking off the wool. Take off the wool. The Bible says in verse 13, when Tamar was told, your father-in-law don't his way to tell him to share sheep. She took off her widow's clothes and covered herself with a veil to disguise herself. She took off her widow's clothes and covered herself with a veil. This caprice, veil bride. This caprice, veil temple. This caprice in many different ways. But I just want to point out one thing. Before we look down on her, you got to understand that she had worn these widow's clothes for a long time. Every time she went to the supermarket, she had to wear all black. Her outfit reminded her of her pain. Not one husband, but two men dropped dead in her bedroom. And she's known for being the killer of two She's on Lifetime. And they make it up all kind of stories about finally she said there's a window of opportunity passing me by and if I don't take it I won't get the promise. Man, if I had time, I'll preach about the difference between windows and doors. Windows pass, ladies and gentlemen. Can I tell you something? When it's your moment, you got to claim what belongs to you. And the way that she did that is that she changed her wardrobes. She said, you know what? I'm no longer going to wear sadness because joy is knocking and it's claiming you're in my spot. She says, I'm no longer going to wear the trauma of my past relationship. What if God has been trying to send you the right one, but you are still holding on to the wrong one in the wrong space. And so Tamar refuses to allow what's on her to stop the promise of God from coming through her. But what's amazing to me about this story, y'all, when I saw this, I almost threw my whole laptop. What's amazing to me about this story is that Grandpa Judah is not just trying to get a prostitute, but you, gotta, you can't just read the Bible. You got to read the Bible. You got to see that he actually went to this town called Timnah to shear his sheep. Have you ever seen a sheep that's been sheared? Look at this photo. This is the saddest. Look, look at them. Some of y'all got on wool right now. You should be ashamed of yourself. You lamb chop eating. This is what sheep looks like. They just bucket naked. They cold. Just took their whole jacket and left them out there. It's cruel. It's cruel, Judah. But it's actually more cruel to allow the sheep to go unsheared. This is what sheep looks like that's unsheared. Oh. Just leave that up there. I want that to get under your skin. Because if you leave a sheep unsheared, it can cause what they call wool blindness. (laughs) Meaning that it will affect their sight. And the only thing really working in the favor of sheep is their sight. Because there are always predators like you trying to get lamb chops. (laughs) Wool blindness. And so no wonder... Judah couldn't recognize Tamar because he was forcing his sheep to do something he was unwilling to do. There are shepherds who be asking sheep to do stuff they unwilling to do. Mm. So God says if you want to claim your spot, you have to let God peel off some layers that you've been wearing. Mm. Because when you refuse to deal with the bitterness in your heart, this is what you look like. When you refuse to be generous and so that others can be covered, this is what you look like. And so the first thing you got to do to claim your spot is to take off the wool. That's number one. But the second thing you got to do to claim your spot, you got to get off the throne. Tell somebody, get off the throne. 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 Judah has the audacity to judge Tamar. But I love Tamar. Because all of condemnation was placed on her, she refused to accept it. See, Judah wanted her to pay for her sins, but in the face of death threats, do you know what kept her alive? Covenant. Oh, man. She held on the three things. Put your fingers up. Three things. Three things. All you need is three things. She held on to three things. The seal, the cord, and the staff. I ain't got time, but I just want to let you know that three marks the covenant that's already been made. There were three crosses on Calvary on that night. There were three days he was in the empty tomb. There's something about three. And here's Tamar. She she goes from death to life. Looks like Jesus. She goes from the electric chair to the delivery room. The tomb becomes her womb. And so Judah, you got to get all the throne because there's only one who belongs there. But it's easy to recognize when someone else is on the throne. Many times, we're the ones on the throne. Not just judging others, but judging ourselves. And God wants you to be reminded that that is not your, who told you you weren't enough? Who told you that your past defines you? And when you attempt to cover yourself, Adam, he's saying, you're in my spot. For those who try to direct your own path and make things happen yourself, Jairus says, you're in my spot. And there's a story in John 8 that's very similar to the story of Tamar, of this woman who's caught in adultery. She's about to get stoned, and Jesus comes up, he writes in the dirt, and he gives everyone permission to stone her who's there without sin. And he takes her place like he takes our place. He took on the wrath of God because we all deserve judgment. But he tagged himself in and said, excuse me, Barabbas, you're in my spot. In order to claim your spot, you got to take off the wool. You got to get off the throne. And here's the last thing. And we're going home. I hope you cook your Easter dinner. You got to break the line. Verse 28 says, she gave birth. One of them put their hand out. The midwife took scarlet thread, scarlet, and tied it around his wrist and said, this one came out first. But when he drew back his hand, the other brother came out. And she said, so this is how you have broken out? And named him Perez. Perez name means breaking out. Now what's interesting about this, ladies and gentlemen, you got to catch this last thing before I leave. This is powerful. Judah has three sons. And yet... To produce what God wants, he skips a whole generation. I asked the Lord. I said, why did Judah skip a generation? He said, Travis, I'm trying to show you something. Because the next breakthrough can't be delegated. (laughs) It's directly connected to the praiser. (laughs) The name er means awake. So he says, Travis, your wokeness and your intelligence won't birth what I'm trying to get through you. The next son named Onan, it means strength. He says, Travis, it won't be by power or by might, but by my spirit the next son name is Sheila. it means petition he said it won't be by petitions or prayer arrangements no this next breakthrough will be the product of praise somebody shout you're in my spot let's go home you're in my spot and how am I gonna claim what belongs? I'm gonna break the line how with my praise sickness you're in my spot you gotta go lack you're in my spot you gotta go mind games you're in my spot you got to anxiety you're in the wrong spot as for me and my house we belong to God I need somebody to shout at me you're in my spot so whatever sharing process I got to go through whatever God wants to cut off for me whatever he wants to remove from my life I gotta produce but it's only gonna happen when I decide to praise are there anybody in this room that knows that there's a praise on the inside of you that's gonna birth a breakthrough for your whole family you didn't hear what I said it's gonna skip generations the curses that, that was meant for your children skipped. uh uh-uh. Lack that was meant for your family skipped. How? Because every time I open up my mouth, the atmosphere starts shifting. Every time I open up my mouth, breakthrough starts shifting popping off. Every time I open up my mouth sickness has to flee. How? Because he inhabits the praises of his people. So when I praise he shows up. And when he shows up he brings everything I need. Freedom comes walking in. Healing comes walking in. Victory comes walking in. Breakthrough comes walking in. Are there any praises in this room today? Now, the Bible says, the Bible says we roll it out the bible says in hebrews 12 24 it's a very interesting scripture cj it says to jesus the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of abel the sprinkled blood have you ever seen blood sprinkled it creates spots And if the shearer isn't careful while shearing the sheep it can nick it with the blade and the blood will start flowing and it will cause a spot maybe this is why the Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we're healed. But can I tell you the good news of Resurrection Sunday? Jesus didn't just get sheared. But the Bible describes him as a lamb that was led to the slaughter. And they put him on a cross, nailed his hands, nailed his feet. Three nails, three spots. Covenant was created. And then he went to visit his boys. And Thomas said, it looked like you. He said, but the only way I really, really believe is if you let me touch a spot. I want to speak to everybody who's been living beneath the call of God on your life. Because something, because someone convinced you, Tamar, that you weren't worthy to produce everything that God promised you. God says, child of God, daughter, son, you're in my spot. In other words, he says, you're covered. Oh, my God. While we were yet sinners, can I tell you how good our God is? That he knew we'd all mess up and he died for us in advance. So no matter how life hits you, no matter how deep you fall, you're only falling into a spot. And you're covered. You're covered. You're covered. I need a few covered people to lift your hand. He's rewriting my history. He covers me with destiny. things right. The precious blood of Christ is rewriting my uh, and it covers me with destiny. It's making all things right. And it's making all things right. The precious blood of Christ. Hey, can I tell you something? What Jesus did what he paid for our sins he tapped Tamar on the shoulder and he says I know by law you deserve death but I'm going to take your spot and isn't it interesting that he for three days stays in a borrowed tomb a spot that belongs to someone else to show us that when I walk out I'm going to die and I'm going to get up So that you never have to die. I don't know if you know this, but when you give your heart to Christ, you will never die. You just shift from one realm to the next. This is why we don't mourn like people who have no hope. Because this is just the rehearsal. This is just a preview. Heaven is not the afterlife. This is the pre-life. And today, in this moment, we want to give you an opportunity. Everyone standing as we get ready to leave, we want to give you an opportunity to give your heart to this Jesus. And he says, he says, Hey, I know you've done some things, Tamar. I know, I know life hits you. You lost some things. He says, but in my house, there's a spot for you. My family, he says, your biological father may not have wanted you, but I want you. And I call you by name. You belong to my family. You belong to my house. I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you're in this room, if if you're in this room, just... Before, before you flood out of here, I want to give you an opportunity to give Christ your heart. Because There's some things that you're holding on to that's in this spot. And he wants to fill your heart with compassion and with love and with joy and with peace. It's your moment. We do this every week, and every week, dozens choose to return to God. I'm going to count to three. Hands are going to go up all around this building. If you're far from them, let your hand be one of those. Maybe you've never given them your heart or maybe you gave them your heart a long time ago and you are saying, you know what? I want to rededicate my life. What better day than on Easter Sunday to be resurrected from death into eternal life. It's your moment. It's your moment. It's just you and God. There's no reason to be embarrassed. Most of this room has made this decision before. But it's your day. It's your new birthday. On each of you, You'll never forget what God did in your heart today. You ready? It's just you and God. You want to give him your heart or you want to give them your heart for the first time in a long time? One, two, three. Lift that hand high. I see you, man. I see you, baby girl. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you, man. I see you in the back. I see you up top. Come on, even at home, if you're watching online and that's you, lift that hand high. Come on, church. Celebrate. 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 hey you have a story you have a story but it's really his story (laughs) rewriting my history hey I want to give you an opportunity we're going to pray with you you're not alone we're called to live together not separated so we're going to pray all together you ready? repeat after me real loud Lord Jesus I give you my heart I give you my mind all that I am belongs to you completely thank you For dying on the cross for my sins and thank you for getting up so i don't have to stay down i receive you today as my lord and my savior i am changed i am saved i am different in jesus name amen give them one good loud shout hey hey if you lifted that hand there's information that's on the screen take that same hand please 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 i'm begging you Grab your phones, grab your phones, and text save to that number or scan that code. It's so important. Come on, I see phones up everywhere. Come on, grab your phone and scan that, and that's going to be our way to get in touch with you, just to let you know you're not alone. You got a family that believes in you, that's praying for you, praying with you. Remember, your past is gone. There's a great future ahead of you. Please just give us two more minutes. Pastor Grayson has a few announcements, and then we're going to roll out. Hey, thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to commit your life to this Jesus that you've been hearing about, pray the simple prayer with me. God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you got up so that I don't have to stay down. Come into my heart change me forever from the inside out. I'm saved. I am different in Jesus name. Amen. Hey, if you prayed this prayer for the first time, or even if you rededicated your life today, I'm so proud of you and you're not alone. Go now to forwardcity.tv slash brand new. We'd love to hear from you. Remember that in Christ, your past is gone. Your future is waiting. So move forward. Love you.